Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Going to be starting a new series uh, over the next 10 weeks. Um, And I'm going to try to get as much of this information to you um, on the screen for you if for some reason... um, we lose a little bit of it, and don't fret. I have it all in writing, okay? Uh, you can see me afterwards. Uh, I thought I was going to be, I might have to call on Marvin to possibly have to preach this morning because I couldn't get out of my waders after I did the baptism. <laughs> you should have seen me in my office. I have a pair of scissors in there, and I was about ready to cut my way out of them. Okay, but fortunately, I got out of them, and so I am here. This series will take place over the next 10 weeks, Lord willing, if he doesn't return before then. And so we're going to talk about a lot of things, uh, dealing with the emerging times where we find ourselves and the culture that we find ourselves in today. And let me say this, we, we find ourselves in a world today that is changing. It used to be every year things are changing. Well, let me say something to you this morning. It's changing every day. And so as we watch it change and as we see things happening and we watch culture as it begins to change and have its own effects on things, um, we find ourselves, if we're not careful, changing with it and sometimes not in a and and sometimes not in a good way and so what are some of the things that you're talking about well um here's the list behind you okay here's some of the things that we're witnessing today a massive falling away from the truth There is an increased embracing of doctrinal error. There is a profound moral decline. There's a growing tolerance. I didn't say intolerance, I said tolerance. There is a growing tolerance for immorality and evil. And then there's a steady rise in influence of globalism. And let me say this, this is by far no exhaustive list. This is pretty much the tip of the iceberg because I could add such things as deconstruction and the list just could go on and on. These are things that we're seeing and dealing with today. One of the interesting things is you don't have to go far. If you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter number 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse 23 and verse 32. And let me set the stage for you. Things are changing at this moment in 1 Chronicles chapter number 12. Saul is being removed from the throne. David is being placed on the throne. And so the tribes have been called together and the elders from the tribe, the leaders from the tribe are coming together and each tribe by name that you're going to see here in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, each tribe is coming by name to show or affirm their support of placing David on the throne. 
Saul's being replaced. David's going to be put on the throne. There was a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of difficulty. The world was upside down trying to figure out after they came out of Egypt and they found themselves in the promised land, you know, who in the world is going to lead us? They wanted a king just like all the other nations had. That didn't turn out so well. And so now they're finally going to come around to the point that they're going to put on the throne the very one who God wanted on the throne, and that was David. Well, we come to verse 32, and it's only said about this tribe. Out of all of the other tribes, it is only said about this tribe. Of the sons of Issachar, who understood the times, with knowledge of what is, and you ought to underline, with knowledge of what Israel should do. They're the only ones that has that commentary. The Issacharites are the only one, the tribe of Issachar is the only one who is given that testimony as to that knowledge. My dear friend, it's not today because we we have a lack of knowledge. It's not like their day where they didn't have the completed work. We have it all. From Genesis to the book of the Revelation, we know what's coming. We know where we should be. We know the way things should be, but we find ourselves very quickly and very easily being sucked into it. You know, it doesn't take much to look around you today and understand that with all of the stuff that is going on around the world between wokeism and cancel culture and all of those things, and as all of that begins to press upon the church, and the church today is being looked at by the world, is if you're going to continue to exist, then you must change with the culture. My dear friend, let me share one thing with you this morning so you don't forget this. Matthew chapter 16, you don't need to turn there, but Jesus said, I will build my church. It'll be built upon the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ is who it will be built upon, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I hate to tell you this today, but the church is not going anywhere. Why? Because God established it. That's why. God placed it into place, not man, not culture, doesn't have anything to do with wokeism, doesn't have anything, and I tell you this, but all of those who are participating in cancel culture today, you can't cancel it out, I don't care what you try to do. You can't cancel God, you're not going to cancel God, period. You know, Issachar was observant of the times. As you look around today, Issachar was able, the tribe of Issachar was able to discern what was transpiring in current events surrounding the putting of David to the throne before going to Jerusalem. What about you? What do you see when you look around today? The things that we're seeing today, is it contradict what we have in the Word of God? If it does, then we need to stay away from it. Let me tell you, one of the things that should be happening today, instead of the church being worried about the world canceling out the church, what we need to do is be canceling out the world. That's what needs to happen. You say, wait a minute, Brother Robert. That's all fine and well and good, but you're in that Old Testament. Well, I'm glad you said that. I have people tell me this all the time. Well, you know, Brother Robert, the Old Testament is not relevant today. 
Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. And let's just look at the words of Jesus himself, all right? Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to look at the first three verses. Matthew chapter 16. Verse 1, 2, and 3. In the New Testament, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and the Sadducees concerning events that, would occur, that were occurring in their day. Notice what he says. Then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, so why do your disciples, I'm sorry, wrong place, chapter 16, verse 1 through 4. I'm thinking, now what does this have to do with what you're talking about? <laughs> chapter 16, verse 1 through verse 3. All right, here I come. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came up and testing Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he replied to them. And here's what Jesus basically tells him. You know, it's amazing to me that when it's evening outside, you say it's going to be fair weather because the sky is red. Have you ever wondered where that saying came from? Pink sky at night, sailors delight. Pink sky in the morning, sailors take what? Warning. Did you ever know that was from a biblical principle from Jesus himself? Jesus said, it's amazing to me. You can go outside in the evening and look at the sky and it's red and you can tell it's going to be fair weather tomorrow. And in the morning, verse 3, he says, there will be a storm today for the sky is red and threatening. But notice now what Jesus asks. He says, do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky? He, says, he said, do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky but cannot discern the signs of the times? People ask me this all the time. Well, Brother Robert, when do you think he's coming back? I don't know. Do you think it's soon? I guess. Let me tell you what the important part is. He is coming back. He is. He's coming back. We know that for sure. Did what happened in the days of Noah occur? It did. Guess what? God said it was going to, and it did. Matter of fact, when you... When you Fast forward that scene just a little bit to Solomon and Gomorrah. Did God say he was going to destroy Solomon and Gomorrah? He did. Guess what he did? Yeah. Culture had overtaken in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were living in a way, and God said, judgment's coming. And oh, by the way, Jesus Christ, before he was born, God said, matter of fact, he gave it to us in the prophets, all of them. He said, there's one who is going to be born. Matter of fact, the, the time frame, the city, all of the specifics about his work, they knew he was coming. Hey, tell you this, but guess what? He was born. Are you ready for this? Judgment's coming again. Well, let me ask you a simple question. If Noah and the ark took place and Sodom and Gomorrah took place, and if Jesus Christ, and oh, by the way, I have people tell me, tell me this all the time. Well, here, here's what you need to understand. What you're doing is giving it to me out of the Scripture. Okay, close your Bible. Let's go to secular historians. Did you know that the birth of Jesus Christ in the city of Bethlehem is documented by secular historians? It's affirmed. 
Now, you can choose not to believe it all you want to. But my dear friend, that does not negate the fact that it occurred. And there's a judgment coming that's going to occur. When, we don't know. We don't know for sure when that time frame is going to be. False prophets, false teachers. I tell you what, I've never seen so many of them. Today, you have to be careful what you listen to. You have to be careful who you follow. Matter of fact, one of the things that you must do and you must be careful of is you must search the Scripture to see if what they're saying is true or false. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Don't attempt to do all of that with simply intellect and knowledge. The Holy Spirit must also be present to give you understanding and point you to all truth when it comes to the Scripture and to the Word of God. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you where we are today. I'll just, I'm just going to shoot straight with you. Here's where we are today. Mm, I don't want to go to some place where I'm not hearing what I want to hear. Folks, listen to me. It ain't about what you want to hear. What's important is what thus saith the Lord God. It's what his word says. You say, well, how, why is it such an issue? Turn with me to Jeremiah. Let's go back to the Old Testament. To Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5. I still hear the pages turning. I'm not in any big hurry. If we're here till 2 o'clock, it's okay. Some of y'all are looking at me like, have you lost your mind? No. Jeremiah chapter number 5, verse 30 and verse 31. This is concerning... God's own people. An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. And the priests rule on their own authority. But oh, don't miss that next line. And my people love it too. But what will you do at the end of it? That's the big question. But what will you do at the end of it? Well, flip over real quickly to chapter 14 of Jeremiah and look at verse 13. Chapter 14, verse 13 and verse 14. And please don't miss this. But... Our Lord God, I said, look, the prophets are telling them, you will not see the sword, nor will you have famine, but I will give you lasting peace in this place. Do not be worried about the judgment and the bondage that's coming, because it ain't going to happen to you. Not going to happen. You don't have anything to worry about here. But I want you to notice verse 14. Then the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying falsehood in my name. I have neither sent them nor commanded them nor spoken to them, 
They are prophesying to you a false vision, divination, futility, and the deception of their own minds. So what is he saying? False prophets who invent their own words but pass them off as gods. The priests who join prophets in abusing their spiritual authority and the people of Judah who have loved it so. God help the church today that we would allow false teaching and false doctrine, error to enter into the church. It is time today. Here's what the world needs to hear. The world needs to hear the truth. Even when the truth is not palatable to us. And even as believers, when we read and study the word of God, if we study and meditate on it, I'm going to tell you something, it'll show you just how far removed from God we are. That's what's needed today. I tell you what, here again, Brother Robert, that's all great. That's in that Old Testament back there. Well, hold your place. No, I tell you what. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is getting ready as he encourages and challenges Timothy. Timothy, you need to be ready. You need to understand what's coming. You, you need to understand what is ahead of you. Second Timothy, Paul's second letter to him, chapter 3. And I want you to notice, as Paul shares with Timothy, notice what, he, notice what he writes. He said, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, Boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good. Whoo, sounds a lot like where we live today, doesn't it? Huh? Treacherous, reckless, conceited. Now notice the next phrase. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then look at verse 5. Holding to a form of godliness... Although they have denied its power, and notice what Paul tells Timothy, avoid such men as these. Well, flip over to chapter 4. Look at chapter 4, verse 3 and verse 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear it. They won't endure it. So what are they going to, so what's going to happen? But wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance. Notice that next phrase, to their what? To their own desires. To their own desires. And will turn away their ears, verse 4, from the truth. And guess what they'll do? They'll turn aside to Myths or fables. That's what they will do. So what I want to do, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 4. So is, is there an outline for this, for us 
today, and there is. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And verse 4. I'm going to read verse 4 and then I'm going to come down and we're going to break it down into basically three points. Paul writing to the church at Corinth as he defends his own apostleship. And matter of fact, they were beginning to press against Paul. Because of Paul's preaching, because of Paul's teaching. So when you come here to verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, I want you to notice what Paul says. He says, for if one comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you bear this beautifully. In other words, he said, it's amazing to me that you can sit and listen and support it. You bear it beautifully. So here's your three points. Guess what? They're all out of verse 4. Anybody want to guess what they are? There's the first one. Preaching another Jesus. Preaching, what what in the world does he mean by preaching another Jesus? Well, let's go back to Acts chapter 4 in verse number 12. Acts chapter 4 in verse number 12. You know, one of the things that that is important, I believe, for, for us today in the church is to be in the Word of God. Doesn't matter what my opinion is. What's important is what the Word of God says. And matter of fact, let's begin in verse 8. He said, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if, you're on, if we're on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands before you in good health. Not us. Verse 11. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. Now look at verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else. My dear friend, I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care how palatable it sounds. It does not matter. There is only one way to God the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. That is the only way. And I make no apologies about that today. And people said, well, but you're just, okay, you're just, you're being exclusive Well, Jesus himself said, Jesus himself said to the disciples before he went to the cross, here's what he said. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, 
and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. I don't care what any of the other religions of the world have to say. There is only one way you're going to get there, and that's through Jesus Christ. You can't work your way there. You can't buy your way there. Doesn't matter what side of the railroad tracks you were, uh, you were born or raised on. Doesn't matter whether or not you went to the finest schools. It does not matter. There is no other name. There is no other way. And Paul said, if they come to you preaching another Jesus, and oh, be careful, sometimes they can make him sound pretty good. They can. Oh, he was just another prophet. Really? He was a prophet. Well, you know, he's just another king. Yeah, he was a king. But he was also the great I am. He was God in the flesh. That's who he is. Whew, point number two. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1. And let me say this to you this, this morning. Not that you need my approval or authority to do so. But John makes it very clear for us what we need to do, especially today. And here's, what, and here's what he said. He said, and if you receive a different spirit, if you, re- if you receive a different spirit, we have a problem. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 1, right out of the starting gate. You don't have to wonder. Nobody has to read this to you for you to understand it. Notice what he says. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Some sound pretty good. Some paint a pretty good picture. And matter of fact, oftentimes, here's what they paint. Okay? You're, you're good. You're okay. You're perfectly fine. You're, you're good just like you are. What concerns me more than anything else is when I talk to somebody and they say, you know, at the end of the day, when that time comes and the end comes, I hope I just have enough good to outweigh the bad that I may have done in my life and I make it in. Oh, please, please listen to me. If that's the way you're looking to approach the last days, my dear friend, you're believing the lie that Satan is still peddling today. John goes on, he said, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Because many, here it comes, many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. I will tell you today, there are those out there who sound good that do not believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary And he is who he says that he is. They believe that he was born just like you and I are. Be careful. Be careful. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. You see that? And this is the spirit of life of Antichrist of which you have heard. That is, that it is coming 
And guess what? It is already in the world. Point number three. Here it comes. This is where I want to spend my time this morning. Accepting a different gospel. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through verse 9. Accepting a different gospel. And I want you to notice, as Paul writes for us, chapter 1, verse 6 through verse 9. I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of of Christ, and notice what he says, for a different gospel, for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we've preached to you, he is to be accursed. That's how serious the issue is. That's how serious and the serious place that we find ourselves in today. God help us that a different gospel today is being preached. And then he says in verse 9, And as we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you receive, he is to be what? Accursed. That's strong words. I didn't write them. Paul did under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So what do we do with it? Well, if they're preaching another Jesus, and you're receiving a different spirit, and accepting a different gospel, you're on the wrong track. And you say, what difference does it make? Well, I'm going to paint that for you in closing. So what difference does it make? With a false or counterfeit Christ comes a false or counterfeit salvation. With a false or counterfeit Christ comes a false or counterfeit salvation in our lives. That's how important it is. As we move closer to the return of Christ, and I'm going to tell you something, please listen to me, he is coming back. We should expect to see a continued rise in false teachers, false religions, and cults. Who what? What? Let me just give you a short list real quick. Who deny the deity of Christ, deny the Holy Spirit, deny the sole authority of the Bible, and deny salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. That's just a small thimbleful. So, Brother Robert, are there many other gospels? You ready for this? And this isn't exhaustive either. There's a few of them. There's a progressive gospel. There's a health and wealth gospel. There's a pep talk gospel. And when I was doing research on this pep talk gospel, I thought, man, it's not like a football game. Oh, by the way, there's a celebrity gospel. And guess who's behind a lot of the celebrity gospel? Are you ready for this? It's called Christian Scientist. 
That's who's behind it. Cults, they're all over. They're all over. What do you see some of them as? Well, the list is so long, okay? And I'll just go ahead, okay? You know, please listen to me. They have a gospel, and you don't have to look far, that is totally against what the Scripture says. And are you ready for the last one? How about a social gospel or a social justice gospel? That one is even becoming more relevant today. A social justice gospel. So what happens if a faulty foundation is laid? What if people build their faith on someone other than Jesus Christ and something other than the gospel? I want to make sure that everyone that's in this building today understands what the Bible says about the gospel. What is the gospel? And your people see this all the time. It's the death and burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, okay, that's a part of it. So let me give it to you this morning. The gospel message. What should people hear? Number one, God the Father is absolutely just, holy, and righteous in all his ways. That's who he is. We need to have a clear understanding of who God is. God is the creator of all. That's who he is. And oh, by the way, he created you. And you know why he created you? He created you to have a relationship with him. And oh, by the way, if you didn't know this, he created you in his image to reflect him in your life. My question today is how good of a job are we doing reflecting him in our lives? Here's the next part of the gospel. The relationship between God and man was broken because of sin. So if God desires that out of us, then why are we where we are today? It's because of sin. That's what it is. You can't frame that any other way. It's because of sin. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve in the garden. It was disobedience against God. And so therefore, as by one man centered into the world, and so death by sin, it came to all. I hate to tell you this, but there's only one way to have it rectified. Just as by one man sin entered into the world, by one man came life. And his name is Jesus Christ. So so what do we do from here? Well, here's what they need to understand. But God, who is rich in love and mercy, by his grace, sent his son, to die on the cross as a ransom and a substitute for the sins of people. That's why he died. That's why he came. That's what the gospel is about. And then finally, and all who repent and believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ, following him as Savior and Lord, will be saved from the wrath of God to come. That's the gospel. 
That's the gospel. It's not simply just a belief in God that he exists. It's much greater than that. So my question to you today is this. Do you know for sure, do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Do you understand who God is? Do you understand that sin is what separated you? Do you understand there's absolutely nothing you can do within yourself to earn it, merit it, or anything else? That's why it's called unmerited favor. That's what grace is. Nothing you can do. But God proved his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us.